0: Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Before we get started with today's show, we want to tell you about our partners, Riss and Cal, of slash the shop. They have got a ton of cell phone accessories, be it charging cables, LED speakers, you name it. And uh, we're in that period right now between Christmas and New Year, so you probably got some gifts that maybe you didn't want. Possibly a pink bunny suit, like the guy in the Christmas story. And maybe you want to return that and get your money back and use it towards something else. Well, 4frills is a great place to do that. And Matt, uh, we still have our promo code of BEERS, B-E-E-R-S, going on right now, um, uh, which gets them 15% off. Is that correct?
1: That is correct, 15% off, and so already the prices are really, really low, and so taking another 15% off means you're getting a great deal on cell phone accessories.
0: Absolutely, and if you're listening to this on its release date, it's actually the 29th, so really you actually do still have three more days through the end of the year if you use beers, B-E-E-R-S, not only do you get 15% off, but if you spend $50 or more you will also get a free Bluetooth Beers and Ears keychain speaker as well. So that's a great little deal for yourself as well. But you got to act fast because it's while supplies last, and it's only through the 31st of this month. Now, the 15% off will go on indefinitely. You're good there, at least for now. Uh, but definitely act fast if you want to get those Bluetooth speakers. And you get two-day shipping. You help support the show. You help support some nonprofit uh, causes as well. So www.4frills.com slash shop. And uh, pick your items out, uh, use promo code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S, and get your 15% off and spend 50 or more and get uh, your free Bluetooth keychain speaker. Okay, let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew
1: Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Matt forces Casey to watch a movie for the podcast
0: <laughs> and you know what it it felt like it too I, I remember last week when you said alright we got meet the Robinsons next week and I'm like oh god I do not want to watch this movie I, I've never seen the movie I'd never seen it before and Matt forced it down my throat way to go Matt <laughs>
1: Yes. So I am, I am a fan. I'll I'll be honest. I'm a little bit of a cult classic fan. I'm a little bit of a fan of these non-mainstream Disney movies. And so this is actually one that I think is, is very underrated. It's not, I I don't want to come out and say it's the best movie ever, but I think it's very underrated. Um, so I was like, we should, you know, we haven't done a movie review in a while. That's like not been a holiday movie. So, Hey, let's, let's, uh, review this one. And Casey, I want to start with putting this in context in terms of like timing of when this movie comes out. So, this comes out in 05 if I'm not mistaken.
0: And uh, this 2007, is 07, 2007.
1: Oh, 2007. I'm I'm off by a couple of years. 2007. So still that mid to late 2000s and and Disney, the Walt Disney Animation Studios is has not done well. I mean, this is this is home on the range territory and if you have listened to this podcast since it's beginning, you know how I feel about home on the range. Um, <laughs> how I um,
0: feel about home on the range. Let's be honest. Yes.
1: Guaranteed. I will never force you or any of our listeners to watch home on the range. You so that is a, a promise. As a cow. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I do not need to listen to any, any, that movie can, can never be watched ever again by anybody. Anyway, so, you know, Walt Disney Animation Studios is is just doing not great. And but by way of contrast, Pixar has ruled the the early and mid 2000s where I mean it started with Monsters Inc in 2001 and you got Finding Nemo comes out during that. Cars has just come out and was a smash hit. And so it was at this moment where Walt Disney Studios Animation kind of um, they bought Pixar and then like said, all right, come over here and and help us fix our movies. And so this is the first movie that John Lasseter, who, who was the head of Pixar for a long time and head of Walt Disney Animation Studios for a long time. This was his first film that he worked on. And so this is when you kind of start to see a little bit of upwards trajectory towards what Walt Disney Animation Studios is now at this moment in time. Where you know, Princess and the Frog, Tangled, Frozen, Big Hero Six, Moana, Zootopia—like they've really had some home runs.
0: Well, and I, I also want to make sure you know when we talk about timeline. So, 2007, you know, I think it's you know, and I've said this a couple times on the podcast before that when you watch the movie or where you are at in your stage of life also has a big influence on whether you're going to watch a Disney movie or not. And and I'm looking at this, this is 2007. I was a year out of college and into my first grown grown-up job. I know that sounds crazy, but I was into my career at that point. I had just started at JCPenney when I worked there and, and, you know, I didn't have a lot of time necessarily for the luxuries of life. I really wasn't, um, you know, I was a Disney fan, but I wasn't the hardcore Disney fan that I am now. And and I'm going to be very honest with you. When this, when I looked at this movie, this is Chicken Little meets Jimmy Neutron. And that's kind of how I had it in my head. Chicken Little and Jimmy Neutron like formed a baby together is kind of what I had. And that's what it feels like because, and, and looking at this, chicken little preceded this jimmy neutron is not even a disney property it's a nickelodeon property but when you put the two of those together that's what this feel felt like to me and feels like to me the look the feel it also has they had not quite perfected they had not quite perfected the 3d animation yet with this you know it, it it felt very um Maybe this is because I'm looking through at the eyes of 13 years later and computer animation now has become so far, but it it did – feel this was a challenge, and then reading up on this too, it was a challenge for the animators to have an all-human cast – To animate, when before you know, with Pixar it was toys, or with other movies they've animated animated animals before. Chicken Little were animals; these were humans, so it's hard to capture the um, the emotions and the emotive behaviors of human beings. So they definitely had a challenge ahead of them. Um, So that that was just kind of like first impressions when I first turned this on, and and I want to be—I knew nothing about this movie. I, I all I knew. Only thing I knew, or at least I thought I knew, was that it was set in prehistoric times. That's what I thought, because there was a dinosaur. I knew there was a dinosaur. I thought this was set in prehistoric times, and when I turned it on and the woman gives up, lewis then I realized that clearly I was wrong, and and I I, I (laughs) was like, you were your surprise. (laughs) I was. So so that tells you that I didn't know. I just knew there was a dinosaur. And later found out his name was Tiny. Uh so yes. uh yeah, so um so that's kind of where I was at kind of going into this.
1: Okay, so if you haven't seen this movie, like Casey, uh, general plot overview. The main character is Wilbur Robinson, and this is an orphan who is uh a scientific genius. No, no,
0: no, no, no. His name's not Wilbur.
1: His name's Lewis. His name's Lewis, yes, sorry. Wilbur's um, Wilbur's the other guy.
0: Wilbur's the who we'll find yes. out about who he is oh, in a minute. Goodness.
1: Yeah. Um Wilbur is uh, oh my goodness! Um, that's what the book. It's based on a book of a day with Will Will Robinson. So, yes, yes. So Lewis is a kid. Let me get this right. Lewis is a kid that um, is an orphan, and he's at this science fair. And uh, I'm, this is actually a really hard plot to describe. Now that I'm trying to describe sure. it out loud, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll do. I'll do my best. He is an orphan. He is trying to get adopted by a bunch of uh, a bunch of adoptive parents. He's been rejected 124 times, and he realizes that. No family is going to be right for him, so he needs to go find who his birth mother is. Uh, In order to do that, he creates this invention that helps him remember. He saw his mom's face one time, so he creates this invention, which he's not very good at creating inventions, takes it to the science fair, and basically from that point forward, he finds himself in the future and basically under a promise that he's going to get to go back in time to see his mom, and all this craziness happens. That's basically the gist of it.
1: It's, it's, it is a very zany type movie. Um, it, 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 so it's got a lot of fun moments. But first of all, I, I, I have to know,
0: wh- what did you think of this movie? I fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> I fell asleep halfway through. I, I, I'm I going to be very honest with you. I watched it last night. Um, I got 45 minutes into it. I paused it because I felt myself drifting and I didn't want to miss it. I paused it and I fell asleep for 30 minutes, woke back up. Made myself some popcorn, turned it back on. The first 45 minutes of this movie is horrible. Horrible. The last 20 minutes of this movie had me on the edge of my seat. Okay. So I, so I could see th- that. It did. The first 45 minutes of this movie, you don't know what's going on. Who is the bowler hat guy? Why is he chasing him? Why does he want this invention? Who is this kid? Why is he telling him to be on the lookout for the bowler hat guy? Why does the bowler hat have legs? Like you, you, okay, it, but, there, there, oh, there's so on. many weird things going on that it it, it was too much. Like, and yeah, I but, actually but read, me- I, I, I hold on and I'll let you finish. I actually read that this was a John Lasseter thing. When he came on board, his first said, what his first thing he said was the villain is not villainous, villainous enough. And I still think even doing what he did, there was no compelling conflict with the villain. You had no you had no connection to who this villain was until the end.
1: Yes, but I think that that's what that's what makes it a little bit compelling to me. You, you asked all these questions at the beginning. You're like, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? And to me, that's the compelling part. Like, yeah. Like who is this bowler hat guy? I want to learn more. And then we're not going to give any spoilers, but there's a big reveal on who the bowler hat
0: guy is. Well, you're like, you know, we're Oh, we're revealing the movie. I mean, I, I think it's okay to, I think it's okay. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. That last 20 minutes, it all finally comes to fruition. I mean, and again, if you haven't seen this movie, we're, we're going to spoil it right now the bowler hat guy is is lewis's roommate and that uh, wilbur robinson is lewis's kid and he goes and meets the robinsons who ends up being his family all that was awesome i love the reveal i called the bowler hat guy being the roommate very early on just because of the eyes oh you know, yeah I, always, I thought it was really weird that his eyes were so shadowy in the beginning you know i called that now i didn't understand why he was the villain until the end obviously and really honestly he's not the villain it's doris is the villain i mean the hat yeah the, the bowler hat is the hat Which, is the villain. that's what's really weird about this like doris doesn't talk really so like you, you, i i don't know I, it, it was a very convoluted story and i the first 45 minutes was boring the middle uh 25 minutes picked up you started to kind of get interesting and that last 20 minutes i thought was great you know the one the the, obviously i didn't see the fact that um you know that was his kid and all that stuff the one thing that i did not see that got me at the very end which i thought was just brilliant was with the 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 girl with the fire ants ends up being his wife and i just thought that was so cool because i called the mom and the dad i i could I, i could Feel that, but him, Herbie, and his wife—that took me by complete surprise, and I'm like, oh, because because I could feel. Okay, frogs. What's going on with frogs? Why do I see frog? At first, I remember thinking to myself halfway through, going, "Don't tell me he's dreaming." Like I thought maybe he was having like a really vivid dream of the events <laughs> of the day, and I was like, that would just be a cop out. Like I would have been so frustrated if that was the case. I would have hated that movie if that was. How uh, they did I would too. So you know, I would have too. No, I would have too. But like you know, the whole thing with the hair. Like, why can't you see his hair? That was really weird. And it had a good payoff when his hat comes off. And you realize it's because his dad's hair looks like that. And they're going to know it's him. Um, I loved how you don't know what the dad looks like the whole movie. So you're picturing Tom Selleck the whole time. I thought that was really cool as well, which by the way, he is actually voiced by Tom Selleck, which I think. Is yes. Ever. Yeah, um, that that, that was to, for,
1: to let you in listeners where it, Wilbur is going through uh, his family with Lewis when he first gets to the future. And he's like, well, what's your dad look like? Cause it, he doesn't have a picture of his dad. And he's like, uh, uh, picture Tom Selleck. Lucille is married to Bud and your dad Cornelius is their son. What does Cornelius look like? Tom Selleck and from what I gather they did not actually have Tom Selleck as the voice until they were like wait a minute this seems like to make way too much sense like if we're using Tom Selleck let's use his voice when the big reveal happens and he was happy to do it
0: yeah it was it was it was really it was it was good it was well done I, I think but you know to get back to the point of what you were asking me and what I thought about it The first 45 minutes, it it just, it drags on because it feels like it's trying to be too many things at once. It's trying to be a mystery. It's trying to be, you know, that campy, you know who the the bowler hat guy looks like. He looks like the villain from the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Yeah, <laughs> that's who he looks like to me. And and so you had some of that going on. You had the pulling on the heartstrings about him not getting adopted. Uh, by the way, did you know that um, Mildred is voiced by the great Angela Bassett? Yes,
1: uh, I did know yeah. that.
0: So, and, and, and the science fair lady is voiced by Lori Metcalf, a.k.a. Jackie from Roseanne, a.k.a. Andy's mom from Toy Story this really has from a
1: voice cast standpoint, like um, Adam West is in this movie mm-hmm. as a like superhero pizza delivery man. Oh, that's a great, I mean, Adam West just has an iconic voice and I, I love yeah. it. Um, like it's got a really great voice cast, but I, I think what you're getting at is why, why this movie didn't take off because I, you know, I, again, I, I, I like this movie, but you're right. The first 45 minutes is just, there's a lot going on because they're having to set up so much for these payoffs to get to happen in the end. And so there, there is a lot of like world building, character building, and there's a lot of characters. And so you have to kind of like build it all up. And then once it gets rolling, it, it really does roll pretty easily, but you're right. It, it does. It does take a while to kind of get going.
0: Well, in the end, that word payoff, I think, is a great way to describe that because the payoff at the end, listeners, if you've not watched it, it really is a great payoff. I mean, when, when he gets back to the science fair and and the, 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 the machine works – and his future adoptive mom sees that memory and you see bud there and you realize it's bud and he realizes it's his mom it's his mom and his dad or his adoptive mom and his dad and then he gets the name cornelis and then he sees his future wife at the science fair with the frogs and he realizes what's going on there some show you put on
1: you're a real special kid but um you don't look like a lewis you look more like a Cornelius. I get that a lot.
0: And then, and then they get to the house, and this was so subtle because the the robot, um, whose name is Carl, name? right? Carl. Yep. Harlan Williams, by the way, does a great job playing him. When he says, "Don't forget about me," and then they get to the house, and I don't know if you caught it, I caught it. The house's head looks like Carl. Yes. So that. That's how he remembered that's how he knows to make Carl the way Carl looks, is his head looks like, Carl, his house looks like Carl's head, and that was a moment, and then to see the house in the present, knowing what it's going to be in the future, and then they get up to the observatory, up to his laboratory up there, in that Rob Thomas song, that, oh. that, I, i tearing up now um i love that song little wonders i've always loved that song it's been one of my favorite songs for as long as i can remember and when that song hits and he hu- it, 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 that that's the payoff like that that right there is what makes it all worth it and 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 i i did i remember thinking to myself i remember going gosh darn it matt and, you know you know because you because because i was so ready to go into this episode going oh the movie was just a waste of time but it's not that you gotta, even if you gotta pause halfway through and take a nap and then restart, it's worth it. It's worth it to get to that second half. Um, like even like when, when, when Lewis or Cornelius, whatever you want to call him, you know, when he realizes that he can stop Doris by simply telling Doris, I'm just not going to invent you, and that makes it, makes her disappear. Like that's brilliant. That, that's brilliant. Um, I do have questions about the laws of time travel because I think they violated tons of them in the space-time oh, should have happened with, you know, Doc Brown tells us that if you meet your future self for too long and you learn too much about yourself, the space-time continuum will collapse. That didn't happen, but uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, what you're talking about, like, yeah, I, I tear up at the end too. Like it just, oh. it gets me every time. and And I think that's part of the reason why that moment happens and you kind of forget about all the convoluted stuff that has beginning. You're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. And, yeah. and, I, and, and so, yeah, the, the payoff is, is really, really nice. Um, there were some fun. And, parts
0: too. I did. I did love like today land. That was clever. Yes. That was fun. Space Mountain in there. Yes. Yes. That was clever. I thought that was good. I loved it. Doris's control of Tiny and when Tiny's like, I've got a big head, like <laughs> Master. Like that was just that was funny to me. Like that was clever, some humor there. Apparently that was a John Lasseter ad after he came on board that wasn't there originally.
1: Yeah, both <laughs> both the frog and the dinosaur like point out to Bowler hat guy where where it's it's I, I'm just not sure how well this plan was
0: thought out. <laughs> yep. Nasty. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of of the frog frogs per se I thought that was a little over the top I do like the scene where he's kind of bouncing around with the family and like learning about all the family and stuff the twins were they were kind of funny I'm not gonna lie I thought they were annoying but they were funny um you know I I still don't get the whole butler lefty like what's that all about but you know I I, overall it's a kooky movie I did read that the original source material had much more of an aesthetic like the movie robots and since robots came out around the same time as this they actually had to change it up a little bit so they didn't look like they were trying to copy robots
1: yeah it, it definitely has a i mean even even with the change it definitely has a similar aesthetic to that movie
0: especially carl carl looks yeah. very similar yeah absolutely to, to that yeah because robots came out in 2005 that had robin williams in it right
1: yeah, it did. Yeah, Robin yeah, Williams I played thought. played a robot in that movie.
0: That, yeah, that, like I'm looking uh, right now, note, the main that... robot of that looks very similar to Carl.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that movie was another one. Sorry, this is a total side note, but that robots movie is another one that had like a insane voice cast. So well, you know I mean, it's this funny is funny. Like... Har-
0: Harlan Williams was in that one as well, and he's the one who plays Carl. Wow, well, he's getting all the robot parts. <laughs> I'm going to see what he played real quick. I'm curious. He played Lugnut, a large, friendly, green, muscular robot who befriends Rodney along with his mute oh. companion Diesel. I,
1: I, I, I do know who that is. I've I've seen the movie Robot twice. I think I, I have a weird memory with movies where I can like remember things really, <laughs> really easily. And so, yeah, I, I know exactly what character you're talking about. But anyway, um, and then, you know, the other thing about the last the last scene, you know, you've got this whole, you know, song playing. He's he's, you know, being taken to his new home, all this other stuff. And then it the movie ends and it, it breaks up this it <sighs> not breaks up. It, it puts up this Walt Disney quote, kind of the whole like mantra of the movie is keep moving forward, keep moving yeah. forward. And it puts up the Walt Disney quote that is that's referencing of like you know around here you know mistakes are made all this other stuff and then you know we keep moving forward and that moment just kind of like seals the deal for me as well and and honestly it was that quote of why i was like okay i think you're gonna like this movie because it's kind of loosely based on a walt disney quote and i know you're a walt disney fan
0: oh yeah no i i kept looking for it because i know you said it was it there there were some walt disney you know just ties and 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 you know Walt, for people who don't know Walt's history, I mean, I'm looking at a giant picture of him. I had this in my office. It says Heritage. I hope we don't lose sight of one thing. It was all started by a mouse. That's actually a little bit of a misnomer because while the Disney company was started by a mouse, he failed on multiple, multiple occasions to be successful. There's a great uh, PBS documentary out there that talks about his life and history. There's the horrible movie. I do not recommend it, but it at least gives you a little bit of history. Walt before Mickey, it gives you, you know, it was not produced by the Disney company, but it gives you some history into who he is. You know, when you look at great inventors and scientists and people who have gone on to do great things, the thing that they'll tell you is that you're going to fail more than you'll ever succeed. And, you know, Thomas Edison's got that great quote that says, you know, I didn't think of a uh, a thousand. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't fail a thousand times. I thought of a thousand ways not to make a light bulb, but only takes one way to make it. That's a, a great quote. I love that quote. I mean, get it wrong, I'm sure, but that's the gist of it. Is that you know you're going to try and fail things over and over and over again, and that's what Lewis does in this. He tries things and he fails things, and but all it takes is just one time, one thing to work. Um, you know, Walt Disney's yeah, got I, another quote out there. You know, if you dream it, you can do it. If you dream it, you can do it. And you know that's keep moving forward. It's got a very like keep, just keep swimming vibe to it. You know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I read. I read a uh, Bob Thomas's auto or bi not autobiography biography of Walt Disney, and it's amazing those early years. Like even you know you kind of think, oh, you know, Mickey Mouse hit and it was a hit, and Snow White and the Seven Doors hit and he was good, and really that's not the case. No. Like. I mean it he took was all that
0: money from from Snow White and built the studios in Burbank. Yeah. And it dang near bankrupted him.
1: Yeah, I mean, Fantasia was something that nearly bankrupted. I mean, honestly, it was like goodwill um, from some bankers who saw his movies and were like, okay, guys, this is something we need to get on board with. There were a lot of places that, that I mean, w- one person decides, now nah, we're not going to fund this, and, and who knows where we're at today.
0: Well, and even and Disneyland, so, Disneyland yeah. was was a was a huge risk. I mean, we don't see that now because of the money-making machine that it is. But at the time, I mean, he had to take out major sponsors. The reason why he did those Disneyland specials on ABC is because he was contractually obligated to do them because they funded parts of Disneyland. So, like, the point of the matter is that, you know, nothing is going to be handed to you on a silver platter that's going to be easy or or even a better way to put it is nothing in life that is great is going to come easy you've got to work for it yeah absolutely and i think lewis you know lewis epitomizes that and in the end he gets exactly what he wanted the family that understands him and understands who he is which i just think is you know especially when you juxtapose um that first family that he squirted the peanut butter and jelly and they were asking him questions about what sports do you play? You know, that is a very typical thing to ask someone of that age. And not every kid is into sports. Not every kid, you know, I was never into sports. You know, I was a theater kid when I was in high school, you know? And, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, but like that, that scene when he tells Mildred that he's been rejected 124 times and she goes, Oh, quit being overdramatic. And he turns the, crate around and he's marked off every time it's happened that broke my heart
1: yeah and i and i think they epitomize too that you know lewis is what like 11 12 is kind of the about I think the age 12.
0: yeah 12 because wilbur was 13
1: and i think they epitomize it very well of you know, he's starting to get out of the age where he could be adopted that, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, in general, from what I understand about adoption, most people are looking for smaller children not to adopt a 13 year old. Um, and so, you know, he's he's realizing that there's all this rejection and I'm running out of time in order to get adopted. And I I think they epitomize that really, really well and depict it very, very well. Um, Yeah. I mean, really the, the, the movie is, I I don't want to, I do not want to say this is like the greatest underrated movie. um, But I also think that this is, and I, I think you agree with me here. If you have never seen it, it's worth, it's worth a watch once.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I'm glad they scrapped the sequel. I'm glad oh, yes. there, there's no reason for a sequel. You know, and again, this coming from the sequel junkie, this is a one-off movie. You don't have to sequelize everything. And this is a great movie, yet you understand what happened. It tells a great story in a an hour and 34 minutes. I, I'll also say that you know this movie got great reviews from critics and it just goes to show you that um critics don't always get it right the audience just was not here for this movie they weren't they weren't feeling this movie for whatever reason and i i do feel this is this is another one of those movies it's i think one of the reasons why maybe it struggled to pick up momentum is because there is some some heartfelt you know heartstrings that get tugged here very similar to wally you know wally had that you know we're gonna you know kind of go on our soapbox a little bit and talk about what we're doing to our planet feel and you know you and i have said that in order to watch wally you got to be in a particular kind of mood yeah this is one of those movies where i don't know if i'll pick it up when i'm just looking for something fun but if i'm feeling if i'm looking for something if i'm feeling a little melancholy or i'm feeling a little a little bit less than zany this might be a movie i could see myself picking up again
1: I'm 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 I'll be honest. I'm so happy to hear that a movie that I forced
0: you to watch, you didn't hate. Oh, <laughs> well, there's been a couple that I, I I didn't hate. Wally, you forced me to watch that's Wally. That's true. And I enjoyed Wally. Wally was good. Pinocchio, I, you you had me watch Pinocchio. I didn't hate Pinocchio. Um, I think there's only been a couple that that I really didn't really like. But no, this one it was. Like I said the first 45 minutes, it was it was like oh my goodness, and then you know that last 20 completely redeems it. And and I think you know it's it, that's what. You know what does it and there's some funny parts and like you said they were trying to find their way. I mean 2007, so this would have been two years away. So next what what would have been the next one that came out after this? Next one I believe was Bolt. Bolt Bolt was next, and then after that I think was probably Princess and the Frog. So yeah, Princess and the Frog. Bolt, Bolt had some success. Princess and the Frog we already know was outstanding. Um, And then after Princess and the Frog, you got, uh, let's see here. That's Tangled. Uh, Yeah, Tangled was next. So really, your point of this is kind of what set them along kind of towards the upswing, well taken. Well taken. I think this and Bolt, Bolt has, you know, kind of a cult classic following. I've never seen Bolt, but I've heard it's good. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Another episode, probably. Uh, I I don't know that one. I'm that one. I'm not as I I enjoy it, but
1: that one I'm not like Casey. You need to watch this movie (laughs) if you want to. Go ahead; it's entertaining, but I I wouldn't like. I'm not going to force you to watch it.
0: Fair enough. We probably won't do an episode on it. But all right. Anyway, uh, any last words before we get out of here?
1: My favorite part of this entire movie. I have to. I have to end it here. Is when the big reveal of 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 Goob is the bowler hat guy. And he's like, I stewed, and I stewed. He's going through a story, and he's like, I walked through the holes, and the children mocked me. And they like, hey, Goob, nice binder. Hey, Goob, want to come over to my house today? They all hated me.
0: <laughs> hey, Goob, what's up? Cool binder.
1: Hey, Goob, want to come over to my house today? They all hated me.
0: <laughs> I will step over get gets me every time. <laughs> I will say, I don't like how Goob's story ends. Like, I like how Lewis has him catch the ball. I think that's awesome. I don't like how adult Goob just kind of goes away. That, that's weird to me. Like it, it yeah. feels, I don't know if they were trying to set something up. I, I read that maybe it was because he was felt shame or something. I don't know, mm. but that I didn't like that part of it, but I do like how he goes to the little get league game and wakes Goob up just in time to catch the ball with the implication that then Goob's life is going to turn around, which I think is yeah. really good.
1: Um, yeah, it's a nice little it, it. It it makes a a little more happy ending, not just for Lewis, but for um, Goob as well. Absolutely.
0: Okay, well, it is closing time. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do that on Facebook, the Beers and Ears podcast. We've got about four hundred and twenty five members as of right now, so that's pretty good. So keep on inviting your friends to listen to us and find us on there. We post all kinds of fun stuff and surveys and things. Um, you can also find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter beers at beersears1928. You can also find us or email us at beers and ears 1928 at gmail.com. Um, share us with your friends and family um, also rate and review us. Uh, you know, we're on several different podcast sites. So give us five stars. It helps us bump up in the ratings um, and it just helps the show overall. So we've got lots of great episodes planned for the new year. Uh, coming up, uh, the episode after this episode, we've got a kind of a retro or kind of a review of what we can expect for the Magic Kingdom um, 50th anniversary. So that's coming up on New Year's Day. Um, and then after that, we've got um, uh, we actually got a really fun kind of oh, a two so episode excited. We're going to be covering Disney movies that are based on attractions that flopped. And then we're going to follow that up with the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, which I think will be a lot of fun. Um, we've got a little bit later in January, a Flowering Garden Festival uh, review. Uh, kind of talk about what that is. And then the big one, we are coming back with our roundtable on February, or sorry, January 15th to discuss Season 2 of The Mandalorian. And so we're gonna bring bring back the gang. We've got Mike coming back. We've got Amy coming back from our episodes back in June, and we got a new listener, a new uh, roundtable participant, Corey, who's been an avid listener of the show. So I think that's going to be a fun episode coming up on January 15th. So if you're not caught up on the Mandalorian, what are you doing? Uh, by this point, uh, the last episode has aired by the time you're listening to this, um, and so you got two weeks to get yourself caught up and then we're going to have a discussion about what we watched where we think the show is going to go how it will fit into the broader disney plus um, so, so many universe. thoughts There's, yeah so it's going to definitely be a, a a fun round table discussion so lots to look forward to in 2021 this is our final episode of 2020 Matt. oh wow i that, yeah. that wow Uh, I know. That's crazy. Where's time going? You know, and Matt has said this a couple of times, and I just, we just want to say thank you. I mean, this was something that a year ago we were talking about, and here we are, 76 episodes, not even including the Infinity Saga series, 76 episodes in, and, you know, no matter where you live, be it the United States, India, Pakistan, anywhere across the world, we just want to say thank you. We appreciate you. And uh, we want to wish you an absolutely amazing, happy, and safe New Year. So, why don't we raise our glasses to that, Matt? We usually toast the show being on us, but let's let's t- uh, let's toast to a happy, safe, and healthy New Year. How's that sound?
1: Absolutely, Happy New Year to you all! Um, thanks for listening, um, and and here's to a great
0: 2021. All right, bye bye everyone. Thank you so much.
1: Bye everyone. you <small>